Okay, guys, so you've been talking over with your buddies and listening to them tell you how absolutely amazing being married is. So you decided to finally pop that question. So the one thing that you need to know for sure is weddings should be memorable, but not for the groom's lack of style. And that's why our friends at the Black Tux design rental suits and tuxedos that you'll love wearing at your wedding. So if you end up getting featured on a list of 23 epic wedding fails, uh, I'm pretty sure if you Google wedding fails, I'm probably on 22 of them. At least you know you look good for your close-up pick. But the best part about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you, which right off the top of my head, that's like multiple bachelor parties. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, they have showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. And with over 5,000 five-star reviews across Wedding Wire, the Knot, and the Rome website agree, you won't find another rental experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. So grooms, if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, visit theblacktux.com slash listen. That's blacktux.com slash listen for $20 off your purchase. So walk over to your computer, type in the blacktux.com slash listen, hit run to find the look for you and your crew. The blacktux.com, formal wear for the moment. All right, all right. What up, everybody? And welcome back to the Smooth Swings podcast, episode number 12. And yes, finally, this past weekend, the World Long Drive Championships finally kicked off in the Yucca Valley, California. So it looks like it was a pretty exciting event coming out on Friday, the 22nd. Your first three qualifiers to advance would be Brady Torbett, Anthony Thomas, and Patrick Raber. Torbett coming in with the drive of 448. Thomas coming in with a drive of 429, and Raber coming in with a 421, so starting it off pretty well. Then right back at it the next day on the 23rd, looks like Troy Teal, Landon Gentry, and Giovanni, I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, Lechadors. Troy Teal coming in with the uh, the bomb of 450 yards. Nice, that's pretty beast. Landon Gentry with his top of 443 and Giovanni's at 433. So congrats to those six guys. They will move on and be able to compete in the World Long Drive Championships. And the World Long Drive Championships actually added in a new rule this year, which is you're not going to receive any points, anything OB. I don't really understand the whole points thing. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about it, but that's just the new rule that they incorporated. So it seems like some people are for it, some people aren't. I don't really know enough about it, so it is what it is. And turning around next weekend, March 29th through the 30th, they're going to be in Memphis, Tennessee. So it's going to be a whole another group of guys, so I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal and look forward to bringing some information on that. And then finally, the Golf Channel will start airing live. That's going to be April 12th through the 16th in Arizona. So that's going to be super amazing. Can't wait. And today, I'm super excited to bring on to the show Mr. Scott Carl. Scott, I've known Scott for a good 10 years or so, and uh, Scott is a golf and fitness professional. He is an, an amazing coach, an amazing person. He understands the golf game, the golf swing. I mean, the dude is, is Mac Daddy, so as far as 
his golf game itself. We should be watching him on Sundays. That's just my opinion. But So Scott's going to bring on some good information about the actual golf swing and golf fitness today. We're going to get a little background on him and who he's training and what's going on in the future. So I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring in to the show, Mr. Scott Carl. How you doing today, Scott? Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, awesome. So pumped to have you finally on the podcast. I know I've been talking about it for a little while, so super pleased to finally get you in the uh, the LC Garage Studios in right. King County. Yeah, it's good to be here. I know we've been talking about it for a while, so. For sure. Glad to finally get in here. Absolutely. So, you know, I've, I've known you for a little bit, a couple of weeks. <laughs> Or 10. 10. I don't know. Years. But uh, the people listening, basically, they have no idea who you are and what your background is. So pretty pleased to uh, bring you on and go ahead and share a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Scott Carl, fitness professional, golf fitness professional, formerly TPI certified. Don't really have those credentials anymore, but I still use a TPI system, training system. I guess we'll start with uh, how I got started in golf parents took me out to play my brother and i when we were young you know seven eight years old used to go out to incline golf course back when it was just nine holes a lot of people from around this area will remember the the old a frame teeing off on that first hole par yeah four. i have no idea <laughs> i didn't even know that ever was just a nine yeah it was just a nine hole course we go out there maybe once a month or so and get the bang the ball around a little bit and my grandfather worked at uh, the old Cedar Creek, which everybody called Cedar Ditch back in the day, that was just nine holes, which is now Bear Creek. They turned that into an 18-hole track. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Man. So the, the hole there on Point Prairie Road, that par four that over the ditch, that's the only surviving hole from that, that nine-hole course. All the wow. other All the other holes are, are different now. Huh. Yep. See, see, how long have I known you? I didn't even know that. <laughs> see, I always learn something new about you every day, I swear. Yeah, so uh, my golf coach... Was at Incline Village Golf Course. Carl Adcock was a boys basketball coach at Winfield, and he was working there during the summertime. And he saw me out there playing and decided he wanted to, to work with me. So we started working together. Winfield did not have a golf team at the time. So my the summer of my eighth grade year, he was kind of vying for the board to pass a to get a golf team at Winfield. Got that passed, and freshman year we had a golf team. We did awesome. I, I won districts, a team. I think we won districts as a team, went to state as a team, and uh, had a pretty good year that year. Followed it up with, you know, three more good years, state every year. I think sophomore year I was, I was leading state after the first round. Had a few hiccups the last few holes, double bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. Finished up uh, tied for 14th that year, and that was my best finish at state. At I think it was all conference, one districts. Like I said, freshman year, ended up going to college at MoBAP for only one year. Didn't really vibe with that college. Dropped out of school after one year and kind of gave up golf for about a year, maybe two. Didn't really touch a club. Got back into it, maybe my mid to late early 20s and finally got into fitness. Started working out in a gym in Troy back before your gym started up. And then I was probably around 29.30, I found golf fitness. So I was always just working out, just trying to get big. And and you failed. <laughs> yeah, failed miserably. <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you. Man. Yeah, I, think it was, I was 135 pounds when I graduated high school. And so my goal was always 175. And it took me a good seven, eight years to get to that weight by the time I got out of high school. Well, which is solid. Yeah. Didn't you say something about a Max Fly tournament or something? 
Oh yeah, that. Well, so yeah, played a lot of junior tournaments throughout that throughout my high school career. The Max Fly qualifier was my first sub seventy round, and actually the the practice round. This was at Spencer Teal, and I went out played a practice round with another kid that was playing in the tournament and shot sixty nine in the practice round. Had his dad and him sign the scorecard. I'm like, you know, oh great, I just shot myself in the foot. There's no way I'm gonna <laughs> shoot like that the next day. And went out to the range the next morning before the round and could not hit anything solid. Was hitting them chunky, was thinning them. If I had tried to hit it left, I was hitting it right, right, left. I'm like, I didn't even want to go out and play after that warm up. Got up to the first tee and something just clicked and I got into a zone. Shot 68 that day, so 69-68 back-to-back for two nice. rounds at a Spencer T. That was probably my best junior moment. Probably around 29-30, you know, I found out about, well, you know, Tiger Woods kind of came on the scene and, and made golf fitness kind of explode. Yes, he did. Yeah, and so I didn't really get into it. You know, I was kind of late to the game on that and got into it about 2009-2010. Went and got certified through the Titleist Performance Institute. Went up to Davenport, Iowa for the certification they were having there came back started a little golf fitness class started working with some clients one-on-one one of the best stories i had was was that with this 75 year old guy came in and he wasn't really sure what the training was he thought he was getting golf lessons and so he signed up for for 10 sessions and he thought they were golf lessons so had he had suffered uh i don't know if he had a stroke i think he had a stroke and he just horrible i mean you see him walk in and it was just I don't know if you remember that guy, but he... I'm he, trying to. He, I'm trying to. Ben... I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he lives here in Troy. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, couldn't hardly walk. That. I mean, could. I mean, you look at him walking, you think he's going to fall over at any yeah, point. Yeah, totally. And so, start training him. We work on balance because I take him to the through the TPI screen, and he couldn't stand on one foot for... You know, I mean, as soon as he picked up his other foot, he'd fall over. So that was one of the big things is just balance. So I grab a band and I have them hold on and I have them lift a leg, knee height, all the way by hip height and just hold it. I'm sitting there making him hold it. And anytime he starts to fall, I just pull him. So if he's falling to the left, I pull to the right and I, I make him keep his balance. And we go back and forth, each leg back and forth, back and forth. And I'm doing this for, I don't know, eight, 10 minutes. <laughs> he gets so mad. He's like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> so... I dropped the band and I said, all right, Ben, we started. You couldn't you couldn't even stand on the leg for more than half a second. I said, just lift a leg up. And he lifted it up and probably stood there for 10, 15 seconds on one leg. And he got the biggest smile on his face. Nice. Like, you see what we're doing? Yep. Accomplished. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to um, kind of relay that message to somebody that's been stuck in their ways for so long oh yeah you know especially him you know and and to bring in the the whole fitness aspect it really has grown tremendously in my opinion probably in the last 10 years like skyrocketed oh yeah definitely you see some crazy workouts that are happening right now brooks Brooks kepka yeah where he's like repping like two 225 before he goes out and plays golf right i mean who the who the hell does that really I mean, I wouldn't be able to move my arms. No shit. But, I mean, obviously, it's working for him, I guess. I mean, he's obviously a lot better than I am, so <laughs> maybe I need to start uh, trying that out. I mean, what what do you think the biggest thing that you took away from the TPI uh, being certified? The TPI certification really just changed 
how I, I saw the golf swing and saw golf fitness because their philosophy is having the person, every person swings different. There's no one way to swing the club. There's infinite number of ways to swing the clubs. They want you to swing the club within your physical capabilities though. So they assess you, find your weaknesses and come up with a program to work on those just to, for one, make you move better and pain and too pain free so you can play golf longer. So they're making you a better golfer and also making you less prone to injuries with the type of training that they do. So it really changed how I look at how I train my clients and how I train even myself. That yeah, was probably, it, yeah, it definitely looks like it, it made a huge difference in you and your golf game and basically your whole outlook on the whole fitness side of everything. Because, uh, you know, it looks like before, you know, you probably were trying to train like a bodybuilder. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Which a lot of people do because you really don't know any difference. So as far as people that are out there trying to figure out what to do in that area, I mean, can you give maybe a couple of couple of exercises that people could do? I know that's kind of hard to really throw out there because everybody's different. Right. So know? without assessing somebody, it's, it's hard to Correct. give uh, a single, you know, exercise or a workout plan without assessing somebody because you don't know what their incapabilities are. So you want to assess somebody first and then come up with a workout plan for them. But just overall general fitness for the golf swing, um, probably the best one, like Dr. Gray Gross says from TPI, is probably the Turkish getup because that incorporates almost every part of the body, stabilization, strength, mobility. That's probably the number one. My favorite, I think, just for the powertrain is heavy kettlebell swings. So, I mean, you can go on YouTube. A great teacher of the kettlebell swing is Mike Salami. He's a kettlebell sport athlete, breaks down the kettlebell swing really well. So before you do a kettlebell swing, don't just get, grab a kettlebell and do the swing, you know, learn how to do it properly. But that's one of the best ones to train their powertrain doing an 88 pound kettlebell. And I'll, I'll swing those eight to 10 times. Another one I like is kettlebell snatches, and that's a probably one of the more difficult moves of the of the kettlebell exercises. Definitely, right. definitely right. just don't try to grab a t kettlebell and do a kettlebell snatch. But I think that's that's great. Also great for the powertrain. So all your hip rotation, internal, external rotation, and then your core with your upper body all connects. And you know, Scott, that actually, I mean, you can go on and on your knowledge in the golf fitness area is unlimited that's for sure why don't you talk a little bit about your high school kid that you've been working with where you know you incorporated these types of things and um maybe get a little sure. little bit of talk about uh what's going on with him yeah so chase colbert man he's he's a stud he's a sophomore this year at troy buchanan uh played number one all last year over the summer he, he won two junior tournaments they were two-day events I think one was out at Glen Echo. I can't remember the other the other course. One of them he won in a playoff, birdied the first hole in the playoff. So nice. I've been playing golf with him. I started playing with him last year. Him and his his dad and his uncle. We became pretty good friends. And I told him, you know, I'd like to start working with him this winter and and you know we'll see what kind of improvements we can make because he didn't didn't hit the ball really far. I mean, little guy. He's 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 growing up now. He's probably grown two or three inches since I started, since I started training with him. But he was only hitting the driver 215, 220 off the tee. 
So at, at, so at so at his age, when you were his age, how did your golf swing stack up to his swing at the moment? Oh, power based. Power based, probably um, pretty close to the same. Really? Oh, it was. And you didn't have any training. You didn't work out. You didn't have any of that. No, you, you just were just a natural. Well, no, no. I mean, oh. this is before he was. This is before him training. You know, he's okay. He's he's hitting the ball there about two fifteen, two twenty. I think that's you know even my even my senior year. I think I was only hitting the ball you know two thirty five off the tee maybe. So not very far. I didn't I didn't gain very much throughout high school, and of course I didn't train throughout high school either. And I told them I wanted to start working with them over the winter time. So you know we did the we did a screening on them, and then we also did a power test. The the power test as me and you have done, um, and we've done the screens too. The number's between 18 and 22. So it, if your vertical is between 18 and 22 inches, if you do a seated medicine ball through, so that's with a with a junior, that's with a six pound medicine ball, you put them in a chair, you put your the back up against the chair, don't let them move the back off the chair, and you do a chest pass, and you see how far you can throw it, so. Yeah, which I thought that one was kind of difficult. Yeah, you, it is because you want to you want to use your legs and your yeah. arms, and but you just you just got to press it. Right, you just, just press difficult. it. So if you can get that ball to go between eighteen and twenty two feet, and a sit up throw, so you're on the ground, ball above your head, you're lying on the ground, knees up, and you're just sitting up, going to a sit up, and you're throwing that ball as far as you can. So if you can get that throw between eighteen and twenty two feet. You can create some power. Now they say anything over that, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna create some power. But they'd like to see those three numbers pretty close together, and at least in that 18 to 22 range. Chase, when we did his power test, we knew his abs and core were weak, and that was the weakest throw. I think that was around eight or nine feet. His vertical was, I think, 13 inches, and the seated throw was around 13 or 14 feet. So I. Knew we could improve on a lot of those, you know, improve a lot on all those, and especially the the sit up throw test. So we trained for about ten weeks after we did the screen, and then I rescreened him, which we made improvements on on almost all the screens, and then we did the power test again. And we also went down to Golf Galaxy. We went through his whole bag to see how far he was hitting each club. So we had a baseline of of what he where he started out at every club and that's where we you know found out he's hitting his driver 215 swinging at about 90 to 92 mile an hour so after 10 weeks we did the training did all the testing again made a huge jump in his power test on the sit-up throw went from you know i think eight nine feet range to around 14 feet and then increased i think two inches on his vertical and then the seated chest throw i think it maybe a foot difference so everything got really close yeah, i so think we're mega improvement yeah i think everything was around 14 15 then so we're getting you know closer to that 18 to 22 went back down to golf galaxy after that 10 weeks tested everything again we we made improvements by about five mile per hour with the driver so all the irons you know went up at least a few yards and the driver you know we gained you know 10 12 yards with the driver so fast forward, we do another, I think, eight weeks of training, and we haven't done any more screens or power tests, but after eight weeks, we went back down, and I was figuring, you know, after eight weeks of training, and he already made a pretty big jump. I mean, five miles per hour is huge in just 10 weeks. Oh, totally. So I'm thinking, you know, if he just gained another couple mile an hour, it's, that's going to be huge. Get down there, and he, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to hit the 100 mile an hour with the driver. We get to his four iron and he's swinging that 
98 mile an hour and 194 carry. And that was, was a four like, iron? That was a four iron. Nice. So I'm like, okay. He's That's getting up. Beast. Yeah. He's getting up there. Like, we're gonna we're definitely breaking over a hundred. So what kind of gains were you looking at uh when you guys attacked the driver itself? So I was expecting, you know, with the three wood being hundred mile an hour, we're gonna see one oh two probably with the driver. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Six swings with the driver, and we only hit a hundred once. We was ninety eight, ninety nine all the other swings. I was like, that just doesn't seem right. So but still, I mean huge, huge gains in all the clubs. And uh, more than happy, to, I mean, really blown away by the results you know, just after eight weeks of training. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. Yeah. So he goes down, gets fitted for a driver, uh, I guess, a week and a half ago. And they put him in an epic flash. Um, I forget what kind of shaft. It was a 65-gram shaft. And he was swinging that 102. I think he topped out at 104 and carrying it. 249, 250. So, I mean, from start, you know, a good 30 yards of carry added on with his driver. And basically four months of training, we had a, he had a couple weeks in there where he was sick, didn't train. I was gone on vacation for a week. So, I mean, four months minus, you know, six to eight training sessions or more. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah, just, massive. Yeah. Numbers. Three days a week, you know, that's we're really training. Cool. I broke it down like this. So, one day we'd do strength, so a lot of your just complex movements with squats and deadlifts and bench and overhead press, um, just building the strength up. And then we do a mobility and stability day, and then we do just a, a usually our third day was a, a ex- explosive power day. So a lot of different ball tosses, explosive jumps, um, just creating that power from the ground up that you can transfer to the golf swing. Right. And not not like your basic bench press and right pull ups and all that other thing. It's it's definitely uh, more involved. That's for sure. Yeah. weren't you guys didn't you incorporate the super speed golf yeah, system? Yeah. So the super speed was a, a big part of that. That was we always entered every session with the the super speed training system. And uh, what that is, it's a it's three clubs. One is green, blue, red club. The green is 20% lighter than your average driver. The blue is 10% lighter than your average driver. And then the red is 5% heavier. So what they're claiming that this done, the science behind it is just neurologically training your brain to, to swing faster than you, you capably can on, on, with a normal golf club. We go through the level one protocol and that's five swings from your knees on each side your non-dominant and dominant side. So why this make you swing from your non-dominant side? So if you're right-handed, you're swinging, you know, as many swings as you swing right-handed, left-handed. And they're saying, you know, the faster you can swing on your non-dominant side, the faster you can immediately slow down your dominant side. So like when the hips turn and the faster you can, as soon as they get done turning, the faster you can stop them, the faster that the, the next link in that chain your your thoracic spine is going to turn through create that speed so they're saying the faster you can swing on your non-dominant side just the more speed you're going to pick up so we would do that that system from your knees five times each side through all the clubs standing normal golf stance five times each side each club 
and then a step through feet together you take a step swing through and what you're doing is swinging as hard as you possibly can as as you know we went through that 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 protocol a couple of times now yes and, and um <laughs> i gotta be completely honest like even when i left like i i thought i ruptured something in my <laughs> left neck or something it was just awful and i, I yeah. honestly i was dead and i was like maybe i shouldn't have went after it like that oh no, but no. i mean they they i guess they they tell you to do that huh yeah i mean they, you're you're swinging as hard as you can they say don't really worry about form just worry about speed as hard as you can and so yeah i mean that that was a big part of our training it's still a part of our training and i'm still working with them three days a week and we've moved on to the level two protocol which adds in some skip hop swings so you're actually like running and skipping like you're jumping up and then swinging as hard as you can it's like a little skip hop swing oh man that sounds it, awful oh, <laughs> i didn't get to that part yeah we haven't done that part yet i was lucky to get to my car <laughs> <laughs> couldn't move but it was it was pretty intense and it was super cool so pretty awesome that you got that kind of you know feedback off of something so simple oh yeah you know yeah, and with with training chase it, it's made it fun and it's easy because he's a kid that really has a lot of passion really works hard you know, there's no talking back. He just listens to everything I says, and, and I mean, which goes, is very hard to come by. Oh yeah, you know these <laughs> days. Because nowadays they're like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> yeah, you know, do what I want. But it sounds like you got a pretty talented kid that you've been working with. So yeah, I mean, way I think he has way more talent than I had at his age. So you know, I think. Um, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he's gonna be real good. Well, you know, hell, he shot some low scores, and we he hasn't beat me yet, but he. He's he's came close. He's put up some low scores against me last year. I fully intend on him and him beating me at least several times this year. So several. And then, oh yeah. Ouch. And then well, I told him as soon as he starts beating me and starts hitting it past me that we're done training. So <laughs> that's that's why I'm, Man, that's dirty. I'm doing that super speed and I'm training myself. You know, I'm I'm trying to, to get as many workouts in as I can, trying to keep ahead of him. And I know it's only it's inevitable. He's going to be banging it by me and oh yeah he'll catch you on a, you know he'll catch you on an off day i know somebody else that caught you on an <laughs> yeah. off day one day yeah <laughs> it was the greatest day of someone's life that i know which would be mine yeah <laughs> yeah i remember that well oh good i'm glad i didn't get a trophy but whatever <laughs> it was fine so um what do you what do you see besides i mean like as far as the uh, the golf season with chase um are you going to continue to work with him throughout the golf season or is it more of just an off season type training no it, it it's probably going to continue all throughout the year and i want to go back into the training a little bit differentiating my training over these years you know i used to always train hard and i always thought hey you gotta you gotta go to exertion you gotta go to failure every rep every set and it's just that's not how a golfer should train. So everything we do, especially like strength wise is within that five to eight rep range. He's never sore, but he's gaining strength. We do, we do a lot of sets. We take a lot of breaks in between sets. So, I mean, the training sessions are long, usually an, an hour and 15 minutes. I want him to get strong and not be sore. Cause I know when I used to train, it, you know, it would just be, you know, it would, individual body parts every day, chest, you know, I'd, I'd hit it really hard in the winter time and I'd be so stiff and I get to the golf course, my swing felt horrible. Yeah. I do remember that. Oh, I just, <laughs> I do remember that. 
And it, that's, that's just not the proper way to train. So I've, I've drastically trained up my, my training philosophy. And uh, I think that's made a big difference in, in my golf swing. And I know it's, it's making a difference in Chase's golf swing. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes total sense because when you're golfing, I mean, you don't need to go in and do a boot camp workout no. just to go play golf. It's I an mean, explosive movement. The exactly. golf swing is very explosive. It's a short movement. I mean, you, you need leg strength, but I mean, most of your junior golfers are walking, so they already have leg strength. Right. I mean, you know, they're not trying to run a, a, a 26.1 mile marathon. Yeah, so, I, mean, I would say, I mean, you're making a lot of sense here if you got somebody doing box jumps and then running on a treadmill for a half hour and all this nonsense and doing stupid basic bodybuilding type exercises you know you're really defeating the purpose and like right. you said you know it's hard to train and be sore and then be able to compete at that at that next level so right everything's making uh it all sounds pretty good yeah a lot yeah, of sense i love hit training and you know i still i'll still do that every once in a while especially I have a, a small class that I, I still write workouts for and, and send them over to them. I mean, totally hit training. I, it's 30, usually stations, 30 to 45 seconds. And, you know, they're, they're going hard as many reps as they can get in. And they're, I mean, that's what they love. They they want that hit. They want that high intensity. Right. They want the sweat. They want the burn. They want to feel sore the next day. Right. That's great for, for weight loss and, and some muscle building, but to be ex explosive, and to be explosive in an explosive sport, you have to train for that. You can't be doing those hit type of workouts where you're just draining your your system. It's it's just not functional right. for the golf swing. So you're you're keeping them in uh, the five to six rep range. I mean, what kind of did you say five to eight? Yeah, it depends depend. on what exercise. Most most of our strength exercises is the five rep range. Um, more doing explosive stuff. So we do a just all kinds of different wall ball tosses, um, different types of jumps, single leg jumps, uh, you know, 90 degree jumps, 180 jumps, uh, all that stuff. It, if it's just depends on how in, intense it is, you know, I want them to fully recover between each set. So I think the, the most reps we'll go up to is about eight. Now mobility stuff where we're just, you know, working on mobility movements, um, that's, that kind of rep ranges all over the place. Uh, just because it's, it's not as intense as a strength training or explosive movement. Okay. But what, what kind of what kind of rest time are, are you going in between sets? I like to keep it around a minute. Okay. A minute at least. Usually not too much under over that. And with Chase, I've actually a lot of the uh, times we doing we've been doing strength training and explosive training. I I'll do it with him too. So I'm kind of getting a workout in yeah, mobility sure. and stability. It's, it's, it's mostly just him. Cause I'm a lot of times we're doing stuff with bands and so I'm, I'm watching the movement and making sure he's doing it correctly. Strength training and, and explosive. We're going back and forth. So we're getting some rest to like, we're doing a, a deadlift. I'll do five. He'll do five and I'll actually make us, you know, just rest for about 30 seconds. So usually I'd say about a minute between each set. Okay. Which makes sense. I mean, you don't have to keep hammering it out because you walk, you swing a club, you walk, you swing a right. club. You know what I mean? It's it doesn't have to be insanely hard. It just has to be uh, mainly focused on you know actual technique. I guess exactly. you could say exactly. So I I mean you're you're pouring out a, a lot of information here, Scott, and I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. You know, as far as uh, what's going on this year. Let them know the results that we're getting. You know, I started working with you and 
I know you're wanting to to hopefully start competing next year in the Long Drive Championships. Yes, and- it's uh, it's very weird, and I'm going to say ironic that it actually will start on this exact day <laughs> next year, and we are actually sitting here talking on this podcast about it. So whenever I first met you, Scott, I'm, I took a couple of lessons from a guy named uh, Cheston Plague. I just did like two lessons, and looking back, when I first started, my right leg was completely stiff, like it never moved. <laughs> so I don't even know, is that like a reverse stack and tilt? I don't know what it was, but, you know, I, he got me to kind of loosen that leg up a little bit. And then, you know, I kind of faded out a little bit after that, but then I ended up meeting you and you just like completely did a 360 on me. You know, I was so impressed with just your knowledge of the game. It just blew my mind. So I was absolutely shitty, you know, and for you to, get me to the point where I actually went out and competed was pretty amazing. Yeah. Within what is about a year. Yeah. It was just insane. So too, I mean, it was, you know, just like chase, you know, you were a lot of fun to work with because you had, I mean, you had the, the mentality from coming from a professional fighting career where you're training, you know, all day long for your sport. You just turn that mentality and onto golf and, I just couldn't believe that the time you would spend practicing. I would never, personally, I would have never spent that much time practicing. We'd go out to the range. Of course you wouldn't. (laughs) You don't have to. It's for people that suck. (laughs) We'd be on the range at eight o'clock in the morning. We'd be hitting balls and it'd be about 11. I'm like, all right, Doug, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go eat some lunch and go home. You're like, all right, I'm going to hit some more balls. Oh yeah. Like, okay. It's, It's just like, I guess when I started training, when I was 17 years old, you know, when you, when you find something that you just absolutely love and ridiculously passionate about, you just dive in. And when you get, when you get these little bits of information and it comes like into your brain, I can't stop. Like I I will go like ridiculously crazy on it because I want to learn it. You know, I, I won't, I won't mess around with it. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of these days kind of, they, they just get lazy, you know, Oh yeah. they, they take a lesson and maybe two lessons and they think they're going to go out and shoot in the sixties, you know? So it, it's really about all about the time that you want to put into it is what you're going to basically get out of it. Right. And that's the other thing that kills me with, with golf lessons. And there's a lot of golf teachers here, especially in this area that are kind of, old school with their training and, you know, want to, you know, try to get you into these different positions. But if you can't physically get into this positions that they want you to get into, you're just throwing your money at them for no reason. There has to be physical assessments done with the golf swing. I mean, there's so many people that will sit there, you know, have desk jobs, you know, you're sitting all day long and you're getting your car and you're sitting in your car. And you got tight hip flexors, weak yeah, abs. Those and, are the people I feel the worst for. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, honestly, that's awful. Like, I yeah, couldn't believe it. You, you got to attack the the weaknesses in their golf swing to get to get into the positions that you want them to get into. So that's, that's what I've seen with a, a lot of the the golf professionals that I've, that I've seen over the years. Sure, and that's that's you know that's the best part about your approach. It's not about here your first lesson. Here's your Here's a get out your driver and we're going to 
hit a hundred balls. You know, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm going to basically sit here and watch you swing a club and I'm going to break it down. And then we're going to go from there. If you were to coach somebody, that would be your first thing, wouldn't it? I mean, you're not even going to hand them a club, are yeah. you? Yeah. So, uh, so let me reiterate this and say this out loud, screaming at the top of my lungs. If you have a young kids, not teenager yet, train for speed. If you're going to take them out to the range, just give them a golf club, tell them to swing as hard as they can, give them a driver and just swing hard or give them an iron, swing, whatever club they're hitting, swing hard. This is when they develop speed is at the early ages. Don't worry about grip. Don't worry about form. Don't send them to a golf clinic that's going to have them on the range for an hour because they're going to be bored in 15 minutes. They mm -hmm. can't hit ball after ball. They don't have the mental capacity to just sit there and hit ball after ball. No. Swing hard. You can teach technique later. You can always teach technique no matter what age. Create that speed. You see college players nowadays that are swinging in the, you know around 130 mile an hour. There's one cat from Oklahoma State swinging 134 mile an hour. The game is changing, and it's all about speed. It's all about length. If you don't hit the ball far, you're not going to compete in college, and you're not going to go, you know, if you're hoping to go pro at some point, you have to have length nowadays. The days of Corey Pavin hitting it 240 off the tee, winning tournaments is just <laughs> no yeah, longer. anymore. It's just, I mean, you're completely right. I mean, that's the only way you're going to survive, you know, and that's great. Get them started at a young age. Get them swinging the club as fast as they can. Yeah. Build up that speed. By the time they get to a certain level, they'll have it. Yeah, you've got to turn them into athletes first. You can always turn them into golfers. Make them make them do multiple sports: soccer, football, baseball. Okay, yeah, sure. Multiple multiple the variety of sports because the athletes are always gonna surpass if you just take a kid and try to teach them form and technique and have them play golf his whole life and he never you know, gets involved with any other sports, the athletes are going to pass them up. Sure. Well, I mean, Scott, this is a, a ton of information. I mean, we could have broke this up over probably five different podcasts. So for everybody that's uh, listening, obviously Scott Carl has an enormous amount of information. He's an amazing coach. I would 100% tell you to go out and, and search him out on the web, try and connect with them, kind of get your game going in the right direction. Um, so Scott, for everybody that's listening out there, uh, how can they get a hold of you? So a good place to see me is on Instagram, skinny calves, Carl's my Instagram handle. That's weird because yeah. your calves are so huge. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come up with that name? I don't know, Doug. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> I didn't give you that name. Right. Damn it. <laughs> Speaking of calves, what about Phil Mickelson? Jeez. Oh, geez. Holy horse calves. Adonis. Oh my gosh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, where can everybody reach you at? Yeah, Skinny Cats Carl on Instagram. Um, I do have a lot of uh, my exercises and training sessions up with Chase on there. Are you on Facebook? I'm on Facebook. Yeah, you can look me up on Facebook. Don't have a lot of golf content on there, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to, to change that here shortly. Are you on yeah. Twitter at all? No, no, I never, never have gotten on to See, Twitter. I, I've been on Twitter actually. And Mr. Gary Allen Roth has been coaching me through all of this nonsense that I really don't have any time for, but you know, it's, it's, it's a different, it's, it's a platform. I think you might want to maybe check out and maybe, uh, 
Yeah, maybe. I'm just like dab a little bit. Already two social medias. I'm like, I, know, I can't even keep up with I those know. two. But there's, you know, once you get on to one, you can almost share it to all of them. Right. You know, so if you're on Facebook, you can share that to Twitter and you don't even have to do anything. Right. You know, but the one thing that I have found is um, Twitter is definitely a little different than Instagram. Like in the fields that I am after, I have like five followers. On Instagram, it's a lot easier because you can reach more I don't know how to say that. You can, it's easier to find people to me on Instagram, right. yeah. you know, just because of you, you searching golf or, or whatever. It's yeah. Just, and it shows up too. I mean, you, you, you're searching for golfers and they just start showing you different golf and post and mm-hmm. it's easy yeah. to find. Yeah. And I, I think that's why Instagram will be around for a little while. One other thing is like when it comes to reaching out, I'm getting like more replies from people not in the U S oh, so yeah. like Europe. Australia, I'm getting those kind of people replying to me and nobody in the States. So, so we're like, is everybody in the States like just too busy or I'm just not cool enough? But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool enough for the guys on the other side of the pond, like uh, Lee Cox. Uh, he hit me up, kind of been going back and forth with uh, that long drive guy with the beard. Oh, fully bearded long yeah, drives. Yeah, I've been commenting on a lot of his stuff and he, he's <laughs> like quick to go back. So he seems pretty funny. So. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I'm going to stop there before I start on a rant. <laughs> so, Scott, yeah. um, it's it's been awesome. I'm glad that we finally got to uh, sit down and do our first podcast together. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, can't wait to basically kick off this year and get you back on the show and see where it all takes us. Yeah. So, I uh, uh, just wanted to say thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Looking forward to be back. Okay, so there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this show. And hey, if you do me a big favor, could you go out and subscribe to this podcast? And hey, if you're feeling generous, maybe throw in a five-star review. That would be amazing. That's going to keep this podcast rolling. So I hope you enjoyed all the information that Scott Carl brought to you. So make sure and go out and find him on the social media instagram facebook i'm gonna get them on twitter here shortly but like i said i really appreciate you all listening and look forward to the next show and as always we'll talk to you